0: The Secrets of Doctor Who is brought to you by the Star Quest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, episode 179.
1: One day, I shall come back. That's it. I've been renewed. As when a Time Lord's body wears out, he regenerates. I'm a time lord.
0: I'm not a human being. I walk in eternity. Bravehearty.
1: Change, my dear. And it seems at a moment too soon.
0: Unlimited vice pudding. Positions. Wearing a bit thin. Fantastic. Help! Scottish.
2: I can complain about things. Ta-da. Ooh.
1: should will be fine.
0: Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, where we discuss everything about the hit BBC series, Doctor Who. And today we're discussing the second Doctor story, The Macra Terror. And joining me today on the panel are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going, Dom? Very well, thanks. And Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. Folks, please remember to like The Secrets of Doctor Who on Facebook, where we're at facebook.com secrets of Doctor Who. Uh, retweet us on Twitter, we're at SQPN, and leave comments wherever you find us on social media and just engage with us. We love to get in conversations with you about Doctor Who. It's one of our favorite things. So uh, we look forward to engaging with you there. Uh, so the Macro Terra, we've heard of the Macro in New Who, haven't we? We've run into yes, them. We, oh, yeah. They're
1: in gridlock, but yes. that's billions of years later, and it's a degenerate form of Macro that is no longer sentient.
0: Yes, very. So interesting. they're
1: just big crabs. Here they're big, intelligent crabs.
0: Yep. That's but in but in the commonality is they survive on uh, air that's toxic and poisonous to humans. So that's yeah. So uh, let's get into it. The, the 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 a little bit of the behind the scenes. This is another one of those lost episodes. The original uh, video or film, really, of these episodes is lost. It's it, it, we only have uh, the original recordings that people did off of tv is that correct
1: as well as telesnaps
0: telesnaps which is the photographs of people who took of the screen uh as the show was airing (laughs) the yeah a primitive version of vcr the the
1: the bbc hired a guy to do that for reasons and so he did and so they if you go to the bbc's website they have a photo novel of it based on the telesnaps
0: okay uh, and so what has happened in the in the interim is like a couple of other episodes of doctor stories of episode uh, of doctor we've had they've the bbc contracted with an animation studio to create an animated version that uses yeah. the original soundtrack and based on the telesnaps uh to to give us the action in the scenes
2: and i think that's 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 one great thing that the bbc is doing and it, it's been in recent years they've been doing that more and more It's because now we can watch these episodes, you know, they've, they've Mm had audiobook versions, you know, they've had where you could do, uh, like the, the target, not the old novels where it was, uh, I think it was target was the the company that did it, but it was, you know, where you could read the story, but this, now you can actually see the whole story. And I, I think by and large, the, you know, the animators have, have sought to make them as accurate to the original broadcast as they could.
1: Right. With with some exceptions, there are a number of changes that they make, one of which I know we'll mention later. There also is kind of an intermediate step have been unofficial fan animations Mm -hmm. of all Mm -hmm. of these things, but this is a higher quality professional animation. And for the first time, they insisted it be done in color, even though this was a black and white episode originally. So I believe there is a black and white version on the disc,
2: but they insisted you make a color version as well. Yeah. So, you know, uh, we're going to talk about how we watch this, but I, I got it off of Amazon, and you can either buy the four episodes in either or, or both, you know, if yeah. you, how much you want to pay, of course, but. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I picked up the uh, the DVD on Amazon that had two discs. One disc had the original black and white, and one disc had, had the color uh, that you could get. But there's digital downloads, there's yep. Blu-ray. Uh, some of it depends on what region you're in. I think you have more options if you're in region... Two, I think, Two. Is, is, is Europe, yeah. uh, which is BBC's. But uh, so uh, interesting. I th- I thought it was an interesting choice that the very first scene with, with the TARDIS in space and the interior of the TARDIS is black and white in both versions. Yeah, It's only when we get to the planet surface that it's color version.
1: Yeah, it's like Wizard of Oz, where everything in Kansas <laughs> is black and white, and then Dorothy <laughs> comes out of the TARDIS and everything is in color. <laughs>
0: That's yeah. right. the doctor is kind of the wizard of oz isn't he interesting <laughs> yeah the, so uh, I,
1: I thought also the animation for the mo- even though i'd rather in principle see the original i thought the animation has definite benefits like the macro themselves mm-hmm. look much better at animated i mean this is a terrifying giant crab right whereas yeah. in the original series it was a not as terrifying static prop that, you know, couldn't walk around and things like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's better. Also, they're more macro in some scenes, which also makes it more terrifying. Um. Oh, and by the way, the reason for the opening sequence being black and white is it's a holdover from the previous episode. At the end of the previous episode, the doctor says, let's turn on the time TV and see what's about to happen in our future, and there's a giant claw waving Yep. And oh, right. and so they're they're recapitulating that as a lead into this episode.
0: Right. That was oh the moon base, right? Which mm-hmm. again, uh I didn't see that was only an audio version for me at least. Uh, I'm I'm not sure if there's a if, if there's an animated version of that. Is there? Yeah. Okay. I didn't I get to see so. that. Yeah. Okay. No, so that's it's, why I, it's I one it. of
2: those it's one of those episodes that there some of it exists and some right. of it is animated. Okay. I think I want to say it was like every other episode, like one and three exist, and two and four are animated, or vice versa, or something like that.
0: Okay. Yeah. So they they've got this time scanner, which is new, and the doctor even makes a point of saying, "Oh, I've I've never really talked about it because it's not all that uh, accurate." And so it's a. <laughs> It's a device for peering into their immediate future. Is is that what it, it, it kind of it is?
1: Something like that. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> but I love Jamie's reaction when he, he's explained it. It shows you the future. He goes, oh, second sight, very dangerous.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and we've seen where second sight comes up actually a number of times in, uh, in the classic Doctor Who we've, recently, where the fourth Doctor encounters the Loch Ness Monster and someone as the second sight and then and the
1: f- and dies and, and dies, <laughs> so it is right. dangerous
0: and even in the image of the Fendal, which we've talked about recently the uh, the doc- doctor the fourth doctor encounters someone who dies after having the second sight so yep that's it's it's a bad thing so uh we have this opening scene so after the the uh the tardis uh, in the tardis control room scene we have this kind of strange thing we have this room we don't know where it is at this point uh, where this kind of creepy-looking guy comes out and he enters this empty room and stares at this big TV screen that this giant head appears on, and he just stares at it. Uh, we big found Brother this, is later. watching. Yes, Big Brother, right.
1: Well, exactly. It's a, it is a deliberate reference to George Orwell's novel 1984, and the giant head on the telescreen is meant to be an analog of Big Brother who's in control of this society.
0: Right, and that's and sort of the theme as, here, yeah. And, and
1: and as in the original novel, 1984, if you've read it, Big Brother is essentially a fiction, mm-hmm. even though they never quite, they talk about it without actually confirming it, that Big Brother actually isn't real. Uh-huh. Um, this this equivalent of Big Brother, the controller, also is not real.
0: Right, right. right. Uh, then we we kind of switch to scenes, and now we're in the same room but now it's full of people, and there's some kind of party going on or something We have drum major hits <laughs> dancing yeah. through uh mu- dancing the music while people mill about uh and then we have me the same guy enters the middle of the party and there's something about being chased and he's refusing treatment uh and and he's you know ranting and he runs outside and hides and then sees the you know on this alien planet, and this tardis appears. Uh, and Medoc sees the the doctor and the companions emerge from it. So that kind of this this, and we have the introduction of a uh, the pilot this ca- this character called the pilot mm-hmm. who and Barney who is the head of the band, Barney the band leader. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, talking they they had been talking about uh, how wonderful this party is, and oh, Barney is sure to be you know get praise from whatever it, win some prize. I think it was, uh, so uh. So it's very, um, very, very bizarre, you know, uh, comparison between these situations. What
1: what they're setting us up for is a chirpy dystopia, where it's outwardly pleasant and happy, but really there's a lack of freedom here. There's a big problem. And so Mida, it's again, this is very heavily drawing off 1984 and other similar novels like um, Ira Levin's This Perfect Day and other things like that. Which in some ways is even more similar to this. But you have essentially Medoc is our rebel protagonist. He's our Mm -hmm. Winston Smith who is challenging the conformity rules of the system. Doctor Who will also revisit this type of plot, the chirpy dystopia, in the future. For example, in the seventh Doctor's series, The Happiness Patrol.
0: Mm. Yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, It's also in the Lego movie. Everything is awesome. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, uh, so the doctor doesn't know quite where they are. Uh, Medoc approaches the doctor and companions, and, and Ben tackles him for some reason. It wasn't quite I mean, clear to me why, but
1: uh, yeah, it, it. Well, that's what you do, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I love though how the doctor answers the question of where are we. Cause he does what we've seen many future doctors do, including Matt Smith's 11th. I uh, licks his finger, holds it in the air and announces results and says, we're on yeah. a planet. It's very earth-like. And Jamie <laughs> says, how do you know that? And he says, I don't know. I'm guessing. <laughs>
0: That's right. So they, they get to the colony and, uh, which has the worst music ever, by the way, uh, oh, <laughs> let's yeah. just point that out. Oh, but uh, it's very, very upbeat.
2: I had the, I had the, uh, closed captioning on. So cause sometimes it's hard to understand. Yes, And it's, it's a, Chirpy music plays. <laughs> yes,
0: some yeah. chirpy music. Ra, rah, rah, ra, ra. Rah. Dankeschön, Dankeschön, number one, so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, and it, the pipe.
1: Yeah. But, and, and because they've, so because Ben tackled Medoc immediately, that leads to Medoc being recaptured because Ola, the police chief, and his men show up immediately and say, like, Oh, you've just captured this guy for us. Thank you.
0: We'll take you all back to the city now. Right, yeah. right. Uh, and the, where they meet, the the pilot so it it's interesting this guy doesn't have a name he's addressed by his 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 office or function uh kind of like the doctor, and so he's the pilot, but he's not he's sort of running things he's an administrator, but he's not in control control mm. is in control, which yeah. is this this uh uh head uh this disembodied head on the screen uh pilot tells them they regulate their day by music um and he says he uh, he wants to take them to the refreshing department. Um, which Can is, you
1: even ble- dye my eyes to match my gown?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, apparently Ben mistakes it as uh, going to get some food, but no, no, it's not about food. And Jamie Jamie immediately has a bad feeling about this. Jamie, Trust Jamie's instincts. Jamie's uh, instincts are always good in all these situations, Frank.
1: Yeah, and, and anytime aliens want you to have a spa day, there's a
0: problem. <laughs> exactly. The doctor should have learned this by now. Uh, mm. th- there's apparently an extended part of this scene that didn't show up in the animation that is in the, uh, the online transcript version of this that uh, like sometimes there are deleted scenes or extended scenes that show up in online versions of the script, uh, which goes into this whole like shampooing and them getting like a uh, spa treatments or something. Oh yeah. And
1: this is one of the differences in the animated and the audio version of this, because at the beginning of uh, for for all the time we've known her, Polly has had a kind of longer haircut, uh-huh. and in the extended version of, this, of the refreshing area, spa area, she gets a haircut, uh-huh. and that explains why she has shorter hair throughout this story, if you watch the animation. But they didn't want to do, I guess, two digital models of Polly's hair, uh-huh. so... They they just give her the new short haircut from the very beginning of the episode and delete the scene where she gets it cut, because the practicalities of animating two versions of Polly's hair apparently would have been a little much.
0: OK, and it, and the actress must have wanted a shorter haircut at some point. And because these stories, these episodes flow one right into the next, you couldn't just have her. Have gotten a haircut between stories, right? She has. You have to explain it somewhere in the story, I guess. That's interesting. In theory. Uh, <laughs> so the uh, the controller welcomes the doctor and companions, and uh, S- supervisor Barney there uh, offers them a variety of spa treatments, which the doctor refuses. Uh, in the extended piece, he wants uh, they want to give him uh, refresh his clothes, and the doctor says, "I, I like my clothes the way they are." <laughs>
1: Oh yeah. yeah, it's clearly you'll want your clothes laundered. <laughs> Actually, that <laughs> yeah. that that little bit is in the animated version. Oh
0: yeah, yeah.
1: And yeah he it, he, ob- he objects. His clothes are just fine. He kind of gives them right.
2: a dirty look, and you
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Ola the the, which I think is a funny name because uh, Ola, <laughs> a little Spanish there. Well, I, uh, I, the, I
2: kept thinking Odo. <laughs>
0: yeah, o, yeah, Odo, the chief of police. Uh, brings Midok in, and Midok claims he's not suffering from delusions; that he's the only sane one in the colony, which, of course, is that 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 uh, interesting trope that you sometimes get. <laughs> um, and he says he sees uh, horrible creatures that infest the colony at night. Um, and the doctor quizzes Midok about what he sees, and ends up letting him loose, letting him go from his confinement. And then the doctor tries to talk his way out of getting arrested for doing so
1: and this is interesting i mean the doctor senses what's going on at least in general terms he knows they've hurt me doc by getting him arrested and so the doctor takes it on himself to let him go but he does it in this totally innocent way which really kind of shows patrick troughton's doctor doing his thing where it's like i'm this bumbling idiot who oh did i let someone go oh oh dear
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) right right uh and uh, the the doctor and the others are taken to the to the labor center to learn about the colony that that uh, they've been said that they you know they need to learn about what's going on there and so everyone there talks about how it's a privilege to work for the good of the colony and of course they all come across as sounding brainwashed right you know that that's yep. this clearly what was is going on here and they're told that uh, what well what are you doing here at the colony what is it do everyone's working on oh we mine and refine gas that's very important it's vital to the operation of the colony and again they sound brainwashed because nobody really they clearly don't know exactly what the, the gas is for it's just valuable and important uh, so the doctor slips away and It finds Medoc and quizzes him some more about the creatures and Ola comes upon them and tells the doctor no one is allowed to wander about at night at risk of being shot so of course the doctor wanders out into the dark at yeah. night to find out why uh, and uh, he finds Medoc and they they're about to escape from the secret police when a giant crab walks in the front door of the colony and they're confronted. And that's the end of the first episode is the coming of the giant crab, which for some reason they keep describing as, as an insect or crab. And I'm like, or oh, Yeah, or crab. I know. It's, <laughs> it's, these, these,
1: so they tell us this colony has been in existence for hundreds of years and our ancestors came from a planet called Earth where apparently they don't have crabs on this new planet or insects. <laughs> Yes, Because they seem really confused about what's obviously a crab. Later <laughs> on, they even, is is it like some kind of bacteria? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wait a minute. We're all over the zoological tree here,
0: guys. Let's just get a big pot and drop them, drop them in. We have a great feast. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so uh, when they try to tell Ola what they saw, the giant crab, he arrests them, of course, because, of course, you must be lying and delusional. He takes the doctor to Pilate, uh, and uh, we, it says um, he'll be taken and to pilot the- pilot
1: washes his hands of the whole affair. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> what is truth? He ta- he'll be taken back to the hospital for correction. He'll be given another course of treatment, and when he returns to the colony, Medoc will be a changed man. He will cooperate, and he will obey orders. He'll be just like the rest of us. If that isn't ominous, I don't know what is. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, yeah. That uh, description. So- uh Control now tells Pilot that the doctor and companions have to undergo adaption, uh, which is an interesting neologism, uh, or adaptation. They'll they'll be modified during sleep to believe and obey Control. They must not believe in MACRA. And Control kind of gets a little, you know, over the top and dramatic and saying, they must not believe in MACRA! And he starts yelling it. So, okay, okay, calm down. Uh, and they undergo sleep hy- hypnosis, which is a thing, right, Jimmy? Well,
1: <laughs> no, um, <laughs> um, but we do have this, you know, uh, brainwash people while they're asleep thing, which is another uh, trope in this kind of fiction. That's uh, yes. its a little played a little differently. But Invasion of the Body Snatchers has the if you go to sleep, you may wake up with totally different values.
0: Right. Mm. Right. Uh, it doesn't work on Jamie for some reason. Uh, he, he he wakes up. He must he- be a light sleeper.
1: Yeah, he wakes up in the middle of it and hears the voices and doesn't believe them, although even he says he was tempted to believe them.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. But Ben totally buys it. Ben, you know, is weak-minded and falls and for, for it. for to- <laughs> whatever reason, Paulie doesn't get any effect off it whatsoever. Right. Well, right.
1: that's the doctor comes in and he, he like, jimmies off the, the loudspeakers that are talking to them. Mm-hmm. And this is something that's, again, for animation reasons, they did it a little differently. In the original episodes, Jamie and Ben are in one room and Polly is in another room. And the doctor comes into Polly's room first and overhears the loudspeaker and jimmies it out of the wall. So that's why it doesn't have an effect on her. But for animation reasons, they put all three of them in the same room with a loudspeaker above each bed. Mm. And the doctor gets Polly's first, but and Jamie's already woken up, but they get to Ben last. And so he's he's... He's taken the bait.
0: I'm going to say, even in the mid 60s on TV, they wouldn't have put a girl sleeping in the same room as two men. <laughs> yeah. Even fully <laughs> even the- clothed. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah, he tries to get, uh, he tells, you know, like you said, Polly, to forget what you've been dreaming about. Um, but Ben gets aggressive and defensive of the colony. And he's totally bought in while the others are still, their mind is still free. And uh, he gets do- the doctor and Jamie arrested and taken away because the doctor damage the property of the colony. You know, that's the the whole idea. And Polly, meanwhile, runs off and Ben chases her. She sees a macra, but Ben... We should
1: specify, Ben runs off to chase her in his new ridiculous short pants. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's right. Because since he's now a colony member, effectively, mentally, this is visualized for us or externalized by the fact he's now wearing uh, one of the colony's tops. Yep. Um. They have this special kind of. It's not a a Nehru jacket, but it's a special kind of jacket they all wear on the uh, or or upper garment they wear on their torso. And then for some reason, Ben has ridiculous short pants that <laughs> yeah. he's wearing.
0: That's true. And, and Medoc by the way, you could tell he is uh, re- rebellious of the colony because he's torn the sleeves off of his uh his top garment. <laughs> he was. Yep. So you could visually yeah. see that immediately. That he's a, a rebel uh, against the, the the thing. It's very interesting how they've done that in the costuming. So yeah, so Polly encounters a macra in this area of the colony, which is either abandoned or being constructed or something. But uh, so they keep going there, and that's where the macra keep getting encountered. Ben denies seeing it. He says it denies it's there until it grabs her, and he has to finally fight it off. And, but- and
1: this is an animation difference. In the animated version, they can have the. Not just the claw grab Polly's leg, but she gets hauled up in the air.
0: Right. Yeah. Which makes
1: we- it much more dramatic.
0: Yes. And, uh, but nevertheless, after they escape from several macra that have cornered them, uh, he later denies seeing a macra. So the, the this conditioning has really taken hold of him.
1: But not, I find it interesting, um, he is willing to help Polly when she's in danger. Yeah. So he's not a complete he's not just a zombie here. He's got some personal agency. He's still, you know, he's got some conditioning, but other than that he's still a reasonable guy. And when he does see the Macra, he responds appropriately. He rescues Polly. He's even on the fence about when they when they later get back to the pilot's office and they're being questioned he's initially a little uncertain about what he saw, but he's trying to be reasonable until they say the word MACRA. And because the word MACRA is part of the programming, it's at that moment he says, no, 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 there's no MACRA.
0: Right, right.
1: But other than that, he's trying to deal with the situation reasonably, which I find is a nice thing. It's much more complex than if this guy was just a soulless zombie at this point with no agency. Right, Right. And,
2: and, and the good thing is, you know, that goes throughout the rest of the episode where he's trying to fight against this conditioning. He's not just, like you said, being blinded by the the conditioning. He's trying right. to fight against it. Cause he's got his connection, his friendship to Jamie and Polly and the doctor. And that's helping him kind of fight against this and pull back from it. And eventually, of course he does win over against it.
0: That's true. That's true. And, and meanwhile, the doctor and, uh, and Jamie, and Ben and Polly are in the pi- in the pilot's office, and uh, the doctor insists on speaking to the controller in person, not a static image on the screen with a voiceover. But when they're finally shown this image, it's now not this young, handsome man as Polly had had uh, re- referred to him, but this old man. And then they see—I don't know what the macro are thinking, why they're doing, <laughs> why they agreed to this, because the old man just immediately is doesn't know what he's doing, and so the macro attack him for yeah. for flubbing his lines. <laughs> well, they're
1: trying to, I guess they're trying to drag him off camera. It's like get him off, get him off.
0: Get the hook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it 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 goes badly uh, for the Macra in this case. Uh so the pilot and and
1: and and, and this is our second episode cliffhanger where with Polly yes. screaming because she's now had the the realization not only do
0: the Macra exist,
1: they're in control. Right, right.
0: Yep. Literally and figuratively in control. In the control room with control, but also in control of the colony. And uh, so Pilot, as we begin the third episode, orders the Doctor and the others to be sent to the pits and the Danger Gang, which I think is- Oh, what a great name. Yeah. It's like the worst job is the Danger Gang. I mean, like I'm going to have to remember that for the kids when I'm giving them chores. All right, you're doing this and you're cleaning the bathroom because you're on the Danger Gang. Yeah. You get the worst job. Sounds like
1: it sounds like a mid 60s rock
0: combo the danger gang yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or something with scooby anyway <laughs> yeah the ben is then commissioned to spy on them because you know he he knows them well i guess so his job is to spy on them in the danger gang Uh medoc is apparently in charge of the danger gang but he names the doctor as some sort of supervisor who stays in the in the pit head the, the it's mm-hmm. just the, the control room for the mining pit but you can't call it control room because that would be confusing. So we call it the pit head. And uh, he wants the doctor to stay there because he, the doctor can figure out a way to get free. Like the doctor and Jamie at first, like, no, no, Polly should stay here where it's safe. And Medoc's like, uh, hint, hint, doctor, if up here you can keep an eye on things, right? Hint, hint. Yes. Okay.
1: And, and Jamie gets in on that, too, hinting that it really should be the doctor who stays up here. And it's interesting. The doctor is seems genuinely slow. Yes. about this is not this doesn't seem to be tactical slowness he actually it's like oh i get it now okay i'll stay up here and and then we and and so that's interesting because a lot of the time trouton's doctor is tactically slow where he's mm-hmm. pretending to be bumbling like when he lets me dock out but here yeah. it seems genuine also we have some great patrick trouton being a childlike doctor Where they're handing out masks to for people who are going to be on the danger gang to encounter as they encounter the gas, they they'll need the mask. And the doctor, since he's staying up here, doesn't get a mask. And it's like, oh, but I would have liked to have had a mask. Yes.
0: (laughs) So, uh, the uh, doctor is meanwhile making calculations about the the gas and the pit, the gas mine in the pit. And uh, when pilot comes in. And and he says, uh, the doctor has worked out a formula that they took years to perfect. How could you possibly have done so, so quickly? Uh, And because he's the doctor and he's brilliant, right?
1: Oh, I, I love how he's, as he's working out the formula. Oh, and this is another animation difference. He does it on a transparent blackboard. Right. Whereas in the original, he was writing it on some pipes on the wall.
0: Mm. Oh, okay.
1: But as he's writing this formula, he's alternating between the role of teacher and student and he grades himself and gives himself a 10 out of 10 <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then when the pilot comes in and says nobody's been able to figure out only three people know this formula it took years and years and years to perfect and he says oh well in that case and he changes the 10 to an 11 to <laughs> yeah. so give himself 11 out of 10 <laughs> um we also have an, a moment where the doctor is talking to Ben and he's trying to plant the seeds for Ben to resist this programming and he realizes Ben has been sent to spy on him and he says if if you start to you know spy on Jamie be careful because he's not so tolerant as I am which is of course true but when you think about it Jamie is extremely tolerant yeah I mean he he may be more quick to use violence than the doctor but he's he's actually way tolerant which highlights just how tolerant the doctor needs to be
0: in these travels that's true that's true i mean i think it's the implication that jamie is a hot-headed scotsman from you know the battle of culloden yep. yeah so maybe so there's a little bit of that uh stereotype of the of the scotsman but yeah that's true that's true uh in the gas mine there's a uh, the the me doc and jamie and Polly end up ha- encountering uh the, this dangerous uh how, how, it's like the gas they struck so much gas that they can't channel it off, and so it, it, it's reaching a dangerous density, and they have to, you know, insert a cable into part B and to to siphon it off or something like that. So there's a whole dangerous moment. So we get an idea of how dangerous the situation is, uh, and how dangerous the gas is to them. Uh, the, when the pilot uh, sees the doctor's formula, the doctor ends up throwing a bucket of water uh, on the on his calculations in order to wipe it away uh, because the, uh, under orders of the pilot so that no one else will see it. Because he's got the secret, you know, the Colonel's secret formulas written there on the wall where anybody can yeah. see it. <laughs> <laughs> and So, uh, they, you know, he has to w- wash it away. And he has this funny line of, there, if anyone follows that formula now, there'll be an almighty explosion, x to the power of y is derivative of two threes of six. <laughs> Which is, you know, yeah, nonsense.
1: Because the characters have blended together and now it makes something dangerous.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yep. Uh, so in the pit, Jamie finds this locked door. And what do you do when you find a locked door? You break in uh, because they, they stole the keys from the officia. The, Oficia, the which,
1: mine supervisor.
0: The yep. mine supervisor. His, his name is officia, which is interesting.
1: And Ben saw that. We yep. don't realize it at the time, but Ben actually saw that, saw Jamie lift the keys off the supervisor, but nevertheless decided not to report it. Yeah. And so this is the f- kind of the first twinkling
2: of Ben is breaking free yeah that's right that's right by the way the issue of the explosion is kind of a, a foreshadowing of what might be coming later
0: <laughs> yes the dangerous explosion of gas so uh jamie goes through the locked door medoc follows they leave Polly behind with the dangerous gas uh the the door of course leads to old tunnels where the macra are living and medoc gets taken by the macra is medoc medoc's dead at this point right Is weird to assume he's he, dies here he,
1: well, what happens, and this is, I think, this was the change in the animation I, I was going to mention from that I referred to at the beginning. So what happens is Jamie goes into the tunnel behind the locked door, and then Medoc follows him in. But as Medoc is wandering around looking for Jamie, a Macra kills him. And this is and this was made in the broadcast version was made clear by the fact that Jamie later comes across Medoc's body on the floor.
0: Mm. But what
1: they did in the animation and I had to go back because it goes by so fast. I mean, the attack that the Macra has is so brief. We don't even see the Macra in frame with Medoc. We just see Medoc like turn around and have a panicked look on his face. Yeah. And so I, I don't know if that's what they did originally, but it goes by so fast you can not realize Medoc has been killed by that. And in the animated version, instead of having Jamie find Medoc's body, they have Jamie find and step in a puddle of goo that has some glasses in it that are the kind of glasses the mine workers like Medoc oh, are wearing. Right, And so after his death, the inference is after his death, Medoc has been turned into a puddle of goo, and Jamie finds the goo in his glasses. But um, it it is not at all clear what okay. was happening.
0: Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it, according to the notes on this transcript, I'm looking at that uh, Medoc had the the, the giant cyrham fo- claw grabs him by the throat. And throws him to the ground, and that's the inference.
1: Yeah, and and this is for home video. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I, I know they have different sensibilities about showing violent stuff on television in England, but come on, guys, this uh, we can see a dead body and a claw around mm. a guy's throat.
0: <laughs> right, right. Uh, it helps the story. Uh, meanwhile, back at the pithead, uh, Ben is star is like you said, starting to recover, and he he admits to the doctor that. Uh, uh you know, they know that it, the the control knows that a prisoner's escape that Jamie's escaped. Uh Ben tells the doctor that it was Jamie and that he saw Jamie take the keys and that he didn't report it, and but he doesn't know why he didn't report it, and he's having trouble thinking straight. So the doctor's like, Oh, you you're recovering. I always thought you were a tough customer. Well done, he says to Ben. So he's <laughs> trying to uh, help him. Um so uh Ben is wavering here. The doctor's also working out that the gas is for the macro, that it helps them, that they need it somehow, and that they've taken over the colony as parasites to make the colony provide them with the gas. And I think that's an interesting idea of these aliens who kind of become a big brother in order to be parasites to make uh, the, the humans work for them. Sort of like uh, we've talked about before, Jimmy, about uh, insects that take over other creatures to oh, make yeah. them work for them?
1: <laughs> well, these these clearly aren't commensal commensual uh organisms. They're clearly parasitic, so
0: yeah. <laughs> so uh meanwhile they've they've they're pumping gas uh, under the orders of controller into the old tunnels uh to in order to to poison Jamie, but also to help the macra, who are now chasing Jamie. Um and Jamie managed to find a, a door out of the tunnels and stumbles into a cheerleader class, <laughs> which is just
1: bizarre. <laughs> Oh, first, though, he has to get on an elevator or lift, which he apparently knows how to use, despite the fact he was plucked out of the Battle of Culloden.
0: <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> uh, I wonder if they've, I don't know if they've encountered elevators before, but uh, Jamie's instincts are good here. Uh, the The Doctor and Polly uh, have gone through a different door from the pithead, head, uh, which leads them to the Macra control room, where they see the Macra, you know, doing their control thing, and they go back to the pilot to tell him about it.
1: Yeah. Also, the so this is a, a scene that's also different in the animation. When they look into the macro control room in the broadcast version, there was only the macro leader in there because okay. that's all they could afford prop wise. Uh, right. In the animated version, we now have multiple macro in there, and they climb. At one point, they climb up on each other to get a look back at the doctor and Polly <laughs> through the window. Yeah. And it's That's like, right. yes, cr- crabs actually do that. They like, if you put them in a bucket, they'll climb on each other to try to get a higher elevation so they can get out. So it's neat to yep. see macro doing things real crabs do. Even <laughs> if at this point in the episode, everyone seems to be confused about whether they're crabs or insects or
2: bacteria for some reason. <laughs> well, it must be the same kind of bacteria on the uh, the moon moon episode with that we love so much. Oh, I mean- oh, 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 oh. moon egg.
0: <laughs> Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, for some reason, and, and this was a little unclear on this. Pilot believes the doctor at this point, and well, or the at least willing has, to listen to him. Yeah. yeah. The, well, this
1: is something I think that they they gesture at early on when the doctor earlier comes into the pilot's the pilot's office. He he rips the mind control speaker out of the wall. right Right. and 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 he's like oh my i've just ripped your mind control speaker out of the wall haven't i and um and the pilot doesn't have it fixed and so i think the inference is the pilot's starting to recover like ben is because he's not being subject to constant brainwashing so he's willing to go with the doctor to look and see if there are macra and then yes he sees them for himself
0: yes he sees the truth uh because Control notices that Pilot is off the reservation, so to speak. Uh, he puts Ola, the chief of uh, secret police, in charge, and Ola seems very pleased by this, uh, by the way, uh, and puts the doctor and the companions and the Pilot into the pipe room, which leads to the to the micro-control room, which fills with gas. That's the idea, is to fill it with gas and kill them. But Ben is in the pithead control room, and he Manages to blow up the macro control room by manipulating the controls in there, the you know, in whatever form necessary.
2: By by the way, you notice for as bubbly, sweet, and syrupy sweet everybody is. Ola is like the most bitter person of the whole group.
0: <laughs> yes, he is. He is not the pleasant, pleasant, and happy like the rest of them. He is a bitter, bitter man. <laughs> and
1: also the black clad soldiers who look kind of like stormtroopers i mean <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. nazis they're pretty grim too yeah yep. yeah. yeah
0: they are they, they're they not happy like everyone else so uh so that's the macro are done for they're they've been all blown a bit to bits here uh the, they threw the through the lever and uh under the you know under ben follows the doctor's uh instructions and ends up throwing the levers that destroy control and uh, then we get to the horrible music and dancing at the end of the uh, you know end of, end of things uh, there in the in the grand hall of the colony. Uh, Jamie does his highland fling which which we I forgot to mention <laughs> when he met the cheerleaders, uh he kind of pretends that he's there for the class and goes, "Oh, here's a dance that I know. I call it the Highland Fling." And he he uses the jump out of the room and go t- yeah. to get away. Fling yourself, uh, yourself out the door. You fling yourself out the door. And so he's he's now created the highland fling as a dance for the colonists to all do. Um th- but in that- this in
1: this final scene we have everybody this is a, a a party that's being put on in honor of the strangers the doctor and the yes. companions for having rescued them from the macra. And the doctor's kind of getting into it, you know. We see him like yep. putting on one of their funny hats and stuff. Kind of, you know, drum major hats. Yes. And and Patrick Troughton's doctor has a thing for hats, as we've right. established in multiple episodes. But Ben warns him that they're going to make the doctor the next pilot. And he's like, oh, we must get out of here.
0: Yes. They can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so they shuffle off to the toward the door. They dance toward the door, which... Uh, I may or may not have done it at various parties. I've wanted to get out of early <laughs> myself. <laughs> just dance and move toward the door. And we'll we'll go quietly, and that's what they do. So they're uh, they're they're they were going to be drafted uh, into the colony, and they've decided to uh, take their leave. And that's uh, where we end this story. So uh, any last comments? Anything we missed on this? Father, you want to say just
2: one one small thing. And in the interesting thing they did in the credits. So mm-hmm. for literally fifty years. The title, the 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 theme for Doctor Who has always been credited to to Ron Grainer only.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: In this, you know, at, at the day of the Doctor, and from then on, they've they've out credited Delia Derbyshire as well, because of course she's the one who composed or created the, the actual music, or you know, the performance, if you will. You know, she's the one who uh-huh. it, did this the synthesizing of the theme. In this, they actually gave her credit for it as well. Ron ah. Greener and Del- Delia Derbyshire, because, of course, it was her theme that they used at the beginning of it. And that, that's just right. kind of interesting because she got absolutely no credit until the 50th episode, or 50th uh, anniversary Anniversary.
0: Episode. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Uh, and probably because it was, I don't know, I wonder if it was in the original credits, probably not, probably in the anime. No, the
2: ri- original credits would have been just Ron Greener.
0: Oh, okay. okay. Interesting. Jimmy, anything uh, else you wanted to add? Yeah, a few little
1: things. I like how Medoc, even though he's initially suspicious of the doctor, with good reason, because the doctor and his companions got him re-arrested. Yes, <laughs> but after the after the doctor lets him go, Medoc is trying to feel his way through the situation, and he has a he has a moral sense. When the doctor is first taken before the pilot for having let Medoc go and so forth. Medoc comes back in after they've been recaptured and says, Actually, the doctor was trying to talk me into giving myself up. And so Medoc lies to protect the doctor. Right. And that's nice. I don't like the fact they killed Medoc off. I thought he was a great character. You know, I, I would have rather had him kept around. At, later in the episode, like in episode three, as the brainwashing is wearing off of Ben, he's at one point he's confronted for his actions in turning in people, and he really feels horrible. And that's a nice mm-hmm. beat in his character development where he's feeling this emotionally. It's like, man, I really screwed this up. I find some of Control's orders, I, I and I guess you can't expect too much from a crab,
0: <laughs> but exactly.
1: some of Control's orders are pretty ridiculous. Like at the end of one set of orders where he starts screaming about the fact macro do not exist. Right. And, and then later on he's ordering to create a diversion. He's like ordering everyone back to work. And he specifically says, even the pilot, the pilot is required to go back to work too. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, we're being a little obvious. Aren't we here? Krabby. The doctor has his uh, kind of impish chaos agent philosophy on display when he says bad laws were made to be broken when it's pointed out to him he's breaking the law Mm -hmm. also when he shows the pilot that the macro really do exist and they're outside the the control room the pilot says yes yes you're right doctor they must be destroyed it's like whoa <laughs> the doctor hasn't said that exactly thus far. <laughs> but the doctor totally goes along with it because yep. he's the one who tells Ben how to create the massive explosion that kills them all. So the doctor is a killer by remote control mm-hmm. in uh in this episode. Uh yet another historic I mean I think we should like start a doctor body count or something. <laughs> right. But the Doctor's totally realistic about the need to get rid of these giant crabs. He doesn't even try to negotiate with them. And then finally, I thought I'd note, this is Ben and Polly's last big hurrah. Because the next time we see them, they're going to be written out. Oh. And But they will be getting back to their own time, but they won't have a big role in the episodes either. So this is their final grand adventure. And as a whole, I like it. I enjoyed the Macra Terror. Mm-hmm. I like some of the things I mentioned with the animation. Like one I didn't mention is the gas, Uh because they can create better gas effects than they could in black and white sixties TV, and the gas is genuinely creepy in places. Uh, I thought this was a nice atmospheric piece Uh in several respects, but it wasn't my favorite ever. But it was it was nice.
0: As you mentioned, the next one, uh, the next second Doctor story is the Faceless Ones. Um, mm-hmm. Something to mention is that it is available now in animated form. It was one; they only had episodes one and three of the right. of the six uh, that had been in they had the film of that. But now they have the complete story in animation right. on, think, on disc.
2: I think Faithless Ones was the next one they were working on
0: after Macro Terror. Right, so that's out now. The that's that yep. just came out as we record this
1: yeah I know it's out in for region two and four. I don't know if it's out
2: on region one dVd yet oh i you know like I watched this on the Amazon streaming. I paid for the just the digital digital download however they put it
0: a couple of different ways to get these uh older ones that are available in these animated forms and yeah that's that's one of the ways that Americans uh should be able to get them and so you can get this the the uh, Macro Terror in several different formats. I watched it on DVD, and, and, and that, as we mentioned, yeah, thing
2: uh, it's not been released. Can pre-order Amazon doesn't say when.
0: Ah, uh, okay.
2: And it well, does not look like it's available on uh, digital either. So,
0: okay. So we'll have to figure out how we're going to handle that. But uh, we've got we've got ways of uh, we, it might be available in audio or something. Like that, but we'll we'll deal with that when we come to it. And, we're a ways and away. It from may that. be
1: out. It may be out anyway. We've got to cycle through the rest of the doctors before we come around to two again.
0: Yeah, it's, we're, we've got some time before that. So uh, let's wrap things up here. We'll take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create Secrets of Doctor Who, including Sean F., Christopher Y., Joel K., Jimmy D., and Lars S. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the Secrets of Doctor Who and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. We'd also like to thank Victor Lambs, who edits the show for us every week. So that's it from us. What do you think of The Macro Terror? Have you had a chance to watch it? Uh, l- let us know by commenting at sqpn.com or the Secrets of Doctor Who Facebook page or send us an email to Who at sqpn.com. We'll be back next time when we're getting into the 11th Doctor's stories for the mm. first time after the regeneration episode we've already done. This one is that, the first one, The Beast Below. Until then, Jimmy Aiken, thank you for joining me and sharing The Secrets of Doctor Who. Thank you, Dom. And Father Cory thank you as well. Thank you, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who on StarQuest. And remember, nothing succeeds like success. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And hard work never hurt anybody. Right. This is going to be fun.
1: There is no such thing as macro. There is no such thing as macro.